Well, I'm grateful that you're here tonight, and I mean that sincerely. That's just not preacher's talk. Uh, I mean that sincerely. When I was came in and started to hand out the outlines, there was about five of you here. And my wife w- walked in, and she looked at me and was like, what's going on? And <laughs> but you did show up, so I'm, I'm very grateful uh, that you're here tonight. Take your Bibles. Let's go to the book of Jonah. Now, you should have known by now, or you've learned by now, hopefully, how to find the book of Jonah. Can you tell me how to find Jonah? Matt, go to Matthew and hang a left. And there's seven or eight books over, small books, and you'll come to Jonah. This morning, we looked at when Jonah prayed. And we looked at Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. When did Jonah pray? Answer the question for me. When did Jonah pray? In his distress, he prayed after he got into trouble. So much like us, isn't it? He prayed after he got into trouble. In his distress, he called to the Lord. Uh, And we said this morning, I put in a little sentence for you, when you're in distress because of a mess, it's never too late to pray. Never too late to invite God into your circumstances. And that is essentially the prayer that makes the difference. Tonight, we're going to look at... That same prayer, chapter 2, except we're going to cover the rest of the chapter. And we looked at when he prayed this morning. Tonight we're going to look at what he prayed. Uh, The answer might surprise you. I want to begin with this question. If you were in the belly of a fish, what would you pray? (laughs) That's a pretty easy question, isn't it? Uh, If you were in the belly of a fish, I think perhaps your prayer would be twofold. I think probably you would start out this way, and, and uh, when my daughter Lauren was, I don't know, three or four years old, we had little baby kittens, and, she, and we were filming it, you know, she was so cute, and, and we were just filming her playing with the little baby kittens, and they were cute, and she was holding it, and, and I, she did something wrong, she held it the wrong way or something, the little kitten was just kind of crying out, you know, and, and when it cried out, Lauren went, sorry, 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 sorry. And until this day, we still say that around the house. Sorry, 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 sorry. Now, if you were in the belly of the fish, I think probably the first thing on your lips would have been, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I will never do that again. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. The second prayer probably on your lips that would closely have followed number one would have been this. Please, 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 please. Please get me out of here. Please let me get out of this mess that I've gotten myself in. Now, when I was studying through the book of Jonah, just reading through the book of Jonah, one of the things that that stopped me in my tracks, in fact, I wrote it in the column of my Bible, my study Bible. One of the things that stopped me in my tracks as I was reading through Jonah and reading through his prayer and kind of trying to understand what he was saying and all, one of the things that just stopped me was the realization not one time did he pray to get out of the fish. Not one time. Now, let me, let me rephrase that. There is nothing recorded in Scripture where he prayed to get out of the fish. The prayer that is recorded, or prayers, as we will see in a moment, that are recorded in Scripture are all uh, about something else. He may have somewhere along the way prayed to get out, but in the Scripture... The prayers recorded in Scripture, not one time did, a, did he ever pray to get out of the fish. So let's just read his prayer, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Chapter 2, we'll start in verse 1 again. From inside the fish, 
Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. And he said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave I called for help. And you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. What's the picture here? He's doing what? He's, he's about to drown. He's sinking, isn't he? He's drowning. He's sinking down. Look what he says. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. And, and this verse 6 is so... Uh, well, I, forgot, I can't think of the word, but, it, but it's so eye-opening. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. He's sinking down in the sea to the bottom. The earth beneath me barred me in forever. When he finally hit bottom, it's like, this is where I'm going to die. This is where it all ends. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. By the way, let me stop there. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that no matter where you are, you can still pray to God? He says, verse 8, Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. We'll talk about that beautiful sentence in a moment. Then verse 9. This is the key verse of the chapter, key verse of the prayer. Some would say the key verse of the entire book. Verse 9. But I, with the song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah on the dry land. I think I have told you this before, but I will say it again. Uh, somebody said that when Jonah vomited, or, or the fish vomited Jonah on dry land, he's not sure who was more relieved, Jonah or the fish. <laughs> but here's what I want you to see about this prayer. And I wrote it in the column of my study Bible. Rather than asking God to get out of the fish... Jonah thanked God for saving him. Boy, there's a different perspective there, isn't there? Rather than asking God to get him out of the fish, he thanked God for saving him. Now, as I've studied this, I believe there's actually two prayers that Jonah prayed. One was a prayer that he prayed in the water. You want to put that in your notes. One was a prayer that he prayed in the water, and the other was a prayer that he prayed in the fish. Now, I need you to follow very carefully here, follow very closely. We'll kind of walk our way through this, and I want to help you understand that, that he probably prayed two prayers. One, he prayed in the water when he was about to die. That was a prayer of salvation, a prayer pleading for salvation. The other prayer was a prayer he prayed in the fish, 
And that was a prayer of thanksgiving for the salvation. Now, let's, let me show you that in Scripture. Again, you're going to have to follow very carefully, but if you'll walk, walk with me through it, I think you'll see. Verse 1. Here's the question. Where is Jonah praying from in verse 1? Inside the fish. That's very evident. Verse 2. Here's what verse 2 says. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and He answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Now, be very careful about your answer here. Here's a hint. Be very careful about your answer. But here's the question. Where is Jonah praying from? Talk to your neighbor. Figure it out real quick. Talk to your neighbor. Where's he praying from? All right, have you solved it? Just tell me, just whether you're right or wrong, God still loves you, so it's all right, okay? Who do you think he's praying from? Let, let's take a vote. How many think he's praying from the water? Raise your hand. All right? How many think he's praying from the fish? Raise your hand. All right? Here's, how many think it's both? All right? How many just totally confused? You have no clue. <laughs> Look real carefully. Let's walk through it. Verse 1, where is he in verse 1? Inside the fish. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. And so when we get to verse 2, guess where he is? He's inside the fish, praying to the Lord his God. But he's praying about what happened when he was in the water. Are you with me? Inside the fish, he's referencing the prayer that he prayed while he was in the water about to drown. Well, how do you know that? Well, because he said this. Look what he said. At the end of verse 2, he said, You listened, past tense, you listened to my cry. So he's in the fish, saying to God, You know when I was in the water and I was about to drown? You listened to my cry. That was part of the reason for the prayer of thanksgiving. That's part of the reason he was there thanking the Lord. Because God had saved him. God had listened to his cry when he was about to drown. Verse 7. Let's see if you catch on now. Verse 7. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you to your holy temple. Question. Where is Jonah praying from? In the fish or in the water? <laughs> exactly. He is still in the fish. He's in the fish, but he's re referencing the prayer he prayed when he was in the water. Now, Pastor Keith, why are, you, why are you just spending so much time on this? Because I want you to see the, this prayer that he's praying here, that we're reading, is a prayer of thanksgiving. It's a prayer thanking God for saving him. When he was in the, I think there was two prayers. Number one, the prayer he prayed when he was in the water and he was sinking and he was about to drown and he cried out to God 
And he explains it to us in, in verse 2 and verse 7. I cried out to God's holy temple. I cried out to God and I prayed. I was about to be a dead man, and he delivered me. And now, he's in the fish, and he's thanking God for saving him. You know why that matters for your life? You know why that matters? Sometimes, sometimes in the midst of, the, of our messes that we make, sometimes we probably need to stop and say, God, in spite of the mess that I'm in, I want to thank you that you've saved me from something greater. Because God, had I not got caught, God, had I not gotten found out, if he or she hadn't seen those text messages, had, if somebody hadn't seen what I was looking at, if somebody hadn't found out what I was drinking or what I was taking, I could have drowned in my sin. I could have been destroyed by my sin. But God, you sent a big fish my way. And you saved me. And I've been embarrassed. And I've been hurt. And I've been angry. But ultimately, I am so thankful that you saved me from the mess I could have been in. Does that make sense? You see, Jonah was thankful in the midst of the fish because Jonah realized it could even be worse than what it is right now. And what you're going through might be bad, and it's the mess of your own making. But if you've been found out, thank God you've been, you've been found out because He saved you from something worse. So Jonah understands that, and he, prayers, he prays this prayer of thanksgiving. Now, I found something as I was studying that I thought you might want to know about. I really believe that this prayer that Jonah is praying is describing his experience. He's describing very graphically, you hurled me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. The current swirled about me. Verse 4, I've been banished from your sight. Verse 5, the engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath me barred me in forever. He's very graphic in very picturesque in describing what's happened. But I discovered that he may be doing more than just describing what has happened. I discovered in my study he may also have been praying scriptures. Very interesting. I had never discovered this before. But eight times in these ten verses, eight times in ten verses, it appears that Jonah could have been quoting Scripture as he prayed. Let's look at this. Just take a few moments. Uh, chapter 2, verse 2. Read it out loud with me if you have the NIV. He said, read it out loud. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and He answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. Now, with that in mind, go over to, the, to Psalm 18. Go over to the left, Psalm 18, verse 6. Psalm 18, verse 6. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From His temple, He heard my voice. My cry came before Him into His ears. Or look at Psalm 120, verse 1. 
Psalm 120, verse 1. I call on the Lord in my distress, and He answers me. Kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Kind of sounds similar. Let's look at another one. Uh, Just keep your finger in Psalms and your your finger in in Jonah, and we're going to go back and forth. Back in Jonah chapter 2, verse 3. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Now, where did he get that? Maybe he got it in Psalm 88, verse 6. Psalm 88. My pages won't turn. Psalm 88, verse 6. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Look at Psalm 42, verse 7. Psalm 42, verse 7. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. Very similar. Go back to Jonah chapter 2 verse 4. I said I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Go to Psalm 31 verse 22. Psalm 31 verse 22 says this. In my alarm, I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called out for help. Uh, Go back again to verse 5, Jonah 2, 5. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. Hmm, Psalm 69. Verses 1 and 2. Psalm 69. Verse 1 and 2. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters. The floods engulf me. Then finally, Jonah 2.6. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath me barred me in forever. And you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. And compare that with Psalm 30, verse 3. Psalm 30, verse 3 says, O Lord... You brought me up from the grave and you spared me from going down into the pit. Amazing similarities here. Remarkable similarities. It may just be that what Jonah was doing as he was praying, he may have been praying prayers he knew from the Scriptures. Now remember that Jonah was a prophet. He knew the Word of God. And it appears that it's, it's at least possible. Watch this. It appears that he was at, at, least, at least possibly, he was hanging on to the promises of God as he prayed to God in the belly of that fish. He was hanging on to more than just, please, 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 please. He was hanging on to more than just, sorry, 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 sorry. What he was hanging on in the depths of the darkness of that stinking fish might have been, The Word of God. The promises of God. Praying them back to God. Claiming those once again. And maybe when you're in your darkest point, what you need to do is open the Scripture and pray them back to God. Find the promises of God and claim them once again. 
He said, well, Keith, that was not a, that's not an absolute. If you look at this verse and look at that verse, it's not an absolute quotation. You get in the belly of a fish and see how well you remember it. I really believe that he was hanging on to more than just please, 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 or sorry, 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 sorry. I believe in the depths of the darkness, in the mess he was in. The old prophet began to once again turn back to the promises of God. Lean on, trust in, and pray the promises of God. In verse 8, after all of this, this prayer, here's what Jonah concludes. He says, Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. I think what, what Jonah is saying here is, I've learned something. I've learned a valuable lesson. Jonah is, I believe, admitting that there were idols in his life. And he's talking from personal experience. Now, Define for me an idol. Give me a, a, a good working definition of an idol. Anything you put before God. That's a good definition. Definition. Yes. Alright, what does it say? Say that again, Mac. Alright. Regardless of how you translate, you know what he's telling us? You always lose more than you win when you depend on something other than God. You see, an idol is anything that you depend on other than God. An idol is anything you put in front of your relationship with God. Do you have a fill-in-the-blank there? All right, let me make sure I give it to you. An idol is anything that takes away from God the affection and obedience that rightfully belongs to Him. An idol is anything that takes away from the affection and obedience that rightfully belongs to Him. And Jonah, I believe, was saying to us, I want to tell you something I've learned. You always lose if you let anything come between you and God. It's never worth it. You always lose more than you gain. Now, I thought I saw a question over here. Oh, I think he's talking about his past. I, I think he's saying, from my, this is what I've learned. Because here's what I believe Jonah's idol was. See, track with me and see if you, believe, if you agree with me. I believe Jonah's idol, remember, an idol is anything that you let to get between you and God and what God wants you to do. Jonah's idol, and it's going to sound like a strange idol, but I really believe this, that's what his idol was. It's patriotism. Here's what I mean by patriotism. He was convinced that God was only for the Jews. He was convinced that God's salvation was only for the Jews. He was convinced that God hated all the other Gentiles, especially those who lived in Nineveh. And so his idol was his own nationality, his own national faith. And he's clinging to that. And he's refusing, listen to this, he's refusing to obey God and go preach to the Ninevites because his idol is, no, our nation is the only one who's, who can serve God. Our nation is the only one who can know God. And so he's clinging to this belief, this patriotism that he has. He's holding on to that and refusing to do what God told him to do. And it became an idol. Because he gave that more allegiance to 
than he did God. And he concludes with these words in verse 8. Those who cling to worthless idol forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Makes me wonder sometimes what I forfeit, what I miss out on, that God wants to give me that could be mine. But when I let something else get in the way between me and Him, I forfeit the grace that could be mine. Verse 9 is probably the key verse in in the uh, chapter, maybe the key verse in the book. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good, and salvation comes from the Lord. But I, he says, with a song of what, church? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Jonah, when we finally get to to verse 9, Jonah now is a different man. And it's taken him a while to get to that point, hasn't it? God had to bring discipline in his life to get him to that point. But Jonah, in verse 9, is a different man. In chapter 1, he's running from God, rebelling against God, refusing to go where God tells him to go, refusing to do what God tells him to do. But now, in chapter 2, verse 9, here's a man who has repented. Here's a man who is different. It's evident because now he's changing course. Now he's going to go in God's direction. Now he's willing to fulfill God's calling. How do I know that? Because look what he says. What I have vowed, I will make good. Now tell me what you think that means. What I have vowed, I will make good. Why did he use that terminology and what does it mean? I'm sorry? He's going to keep his promise. What do you think the promise was? Lord, if you get me out of here, have you ever ever done that? Lord, if you'll just help me with this one thing, Lord, if you'll get me out of this mess, then I'm going to, and fill in the blank. Now, Jonah said, I'm not going to forget what I promised you. What I have vowed, I will make good. What else did he say? Look at this. Salvation comes from the Lord. I think there's a place on your notes for this. Jonah is declaring not just to the Jews. Salvation is not just for the Jews, but to everyone. Everyone. Put that word there. Salvation is from the Lord. Not just to the Jews, but to everyone. Now, I think there's, there's almost a double meaning in this verse. In this sentence. Salvation. What does it say? Salvation is what? It's from the Lord. Who saved Jonah as he was about to die in the sea? So when he said salvation is of the Lord or from the Lord, what he was, he was, it, this was more than just a statement of faith. This was a personal testimony. Right? 
Personal testimony. Salvation is from the Lord. And, and I, I've lived to, to, to tell you that. This is what Jonah is saying. But I really believe, here's what God said. Okay, Jonah. If I can save you, why can't I save them? Why should I save you and not save the Ninevites? And Jonah said, what I have vowed, I will make good because salvation is of the Lord, from the Lord. He's learned his lesson, hasn't he? He is now willing to go to Nineveh. He is now willing to share with the people he hates, but that God loves. Salvation is from the Lord. In other words, he was now willing to say, I don't like it, but I, I, it's in God's hands. I don't like it, but if he saved me, he might want to save them. Salvation is from the Lord. And once Jonah learned that lesson, verse 10, and the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah on the dry land. It was as if God said, that's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for you to understand that salvation is from the Lord, and it's not just for the Jews. It's for everyone. And so, God commanded the fish. Don't miss this. God commanded the fish. And it vomited Jonah on the dry land. I told you a week or two ago, when you read the book of Jonah, it's, it's very interesting just to note all the things that obeyed God. Here's another example. God commanded the fish. And the fish obeyed God. And vomited up the prophet who had refused to obey God. But now the prophet who was willing to obey God. And as we close tonight, two questions. Number one, is it okay if we leave early? <laughs> Alright, question number two. Question number two is this. What's God going to have to do in your life before you decide to obey Him? Sometimes it can be a scary thing to run from God and refuse God, rebel against God, Remember what I told you, I believe it was last week. Remember what I told you, He'll let you run for a while. God will let you run so far. But if you are His, there's a big fish in your future. Salvation is from the Lord. He knows, doesn't He? He knows when you're running. He knows where you're heading. He knows what you're doing. But watch this. He also knows what you're missing. He knows what you're missing. He knows what could be. He knows what He has in store for you. He knows what He has planned for you to do. If only you will do what He says, Jonah, and go where He leads, Jonah. Because ultimately, 
It's all in His hands. Salvation is from the Lord. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I want to praise Your name for Your Word that is timely and Your Word that is timeless. Thank You for teaching us things we did not know. Thank You for Your Holy Spirit giving us insights we wouldn't have on our own. Thank You for challenging us with a Word that is so old, yet so relevant. And thank You for these dear people we call the Mount Airy family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, folks. Love you. Appreciate you being here.